You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Not too bad, Mark. How about yourself? Good. I don't have a cough or fever right now, so that's good. That is good. I still have a bit of a uh, stuffiness in my chest, but it's like spring today here in Metro Detroit. It's like 59 degrees outside and very nice. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Also, International Women's Day. Uh, happy International Women's Day, the holiday that no one celebrates to my uh, children, my uh, mother-in-law, my mother, my uh, beautiful wife. Happy uh, day that no one celebrates. Yep. Happy Women's Day to my daughters and my wife and mother-in-law and, I don't know, all the women out there. Uh, Carol, my wife and I. You're a player. Huh? You're a player. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All oh. the women. Damn. <laughs> Carol and I went to the gym yesterday. And there's it's it's a lot emptier now because of uh, the fact that all the people that made New Year's uh, proclamations and stuff like that have kind of started to burn off. Um, yeah, which is is good because uh, it's it's always better when, you know, it's easier to, to do your exercises. But I, I figured out a way to to clear out the gym even more. Uh, it's it's the best. So anyone out there that's looking for a tip can do this. Uh, any place I go, by the way, it doesn't have to be the gym. When I walk into any place where I want to like, I want to cut in line or, you know, I want to, I want people to go out. I just lace my middle finger and my ring finger together, uh, like the old, you know, West coast gang sign on both hands. And then I just scream Wuhan in the house. <laughs> Wuhan. <laughs> And Jeez. sometimes I uh, sometimes I have a Corona uh, beer in my hand while I'm doing it, and people uh, clear out of the way. Uh, you don't have to be Asian for people to be afraid that you're carrying the coronavirus, is what I'm saying. So, well, that's good. That's a little tip for for all you people. Way to spread fear. Good job. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. Uh, but it was nice to uh, to be the only ones in the gym. So, Mike, have you uh, have you had any dealings with the coronavirus yet? Not that I know of. There's no known cases in Michigan right now. Although, uh, one of uh, <laughs> I won't say how I know because it'll it'll get back who it is. But somebody that I know thinks that one of their friends has it, and they uh she's like oh it's it's fine i'm I, i'm it's not, like it's just a little cold and fever or whatever and uh she just keeps going to work so that's that's fantastic if you're sick stay home thank you people. yeah exactly uh yeah just in general like all these people are like oh you need to wash your hands like yeah yeah always did have to really wash your hands i mean <laughs> yeah. what the fuck like the like, I maybe mean, it's bad enough when someone goes like you're in the restroom and someone takes a piss and then just wanders off, you know. Yep. But the work like those those complete human psychopaths who just like take like a greasy hot dump and then just like, hey, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Totally, people stick enough. It's it's funny because like like you said, you know, you always should stay home from work if you're sick. You know, if you don't want to be an asshole and. You know, you always should you always should wash your hands. My least favorite people 
I think, in the world, uh, more than Nazis, are those guys that stand in front of the urinal and, you know, they're like, oh, you know, I don't need any hands to hold, to hold my cock. And they just, they, they have their hands to the, both hands to the side, like they're Superman or something like that. And, uh, you know, their, their attitude is just, uh, I've got the best name in the world. Meanwhile, they're spraying all over the wall and everything. Yeah, it's not as easy as it looks. My uh, wife once on a gag tried to help me urinate, and there's just piss everywhere. <laughs> Sorry, it's not just like sitting there and doing nothing. <laughs> it is kind of like a live fire hose. Uh, anyway, so um, I am going to uh, start us off with the Parents Guide game here. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to try to choose my my clues a little more carefully start a little more uh, obscure because you've been getting them pretty easily uh, in the beginning here. So uh, under profanity for this film, 30 plus F words, many scatological terms and many milder obscenities. Any idea from that? Uh, it's Pat the movie. Fuck. No, I'm just joking. It's not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see uh in several scenes characters snort cocaine on screen bachelor party no i'm gonna do bachelor party one of these days though I i've actually, never seen that i actually I, I, like that movie too <laughs> you would uh it's not bad it's not good either no it's I, I agreed it's not good <laughs> Let's see. Hmm. No, that's gonna give it away. Uh, a switch blade. A switch blade is pulled three times during the film and brandished in a threatening way. The outsiders. No, I can see why you're. Uh, the, yeah, I can see why you're. Sometimes it came back. Sometimes it come back. Oh no. Speaking of horrible movies, no. Uh, let's see. How about? Uh, various social scenes often show characters smoking or drinking alcohol. The stand. Or no, stand by me, I mean. No. This switchblade thing's really throwing me off. Let's see. I'm going to save those for the end. Let's see. <laughs> okay, I got to do... I can't really do any... No, I can't do any of the violence. Any of the rest of the violence. That kind of gives it away. Um, a woman's buttocks is shown, and a man walks up to her and f and fingers roughly. Oh, God. Oh, my God. What does that mean? Does that mean what I think it means? Is this that Marlon Brando movie? No. <laughs> the one where, you know, the butter one? Yeah, I, know. I, know that's I know what you're talking about, but no. Uh, the Craft? No. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Can't say that either. Uh, no male genitalia is shown in this movie, even where opportunity would allow it. Jeez. That's <laughs> there, a very vague uh, term there. There are several shirtless and nude men in this movie, but where nude, but where nude we only see them from the rear on. Uh posing or concealment that hides their genitalia. Sounds very disappointed. 
Is this Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story? Oh no! I, I oh, no, I think there's there's some straight up dong in that one. Is there? I don't remember. Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. Oh, speaking of uh, hidden penises, uh, happy birthday to Matt, who turns forty year, years old today. Oh, is it his birthday? And who doesn't this, so, yeah, he doesn't listen to this. I don't know why I'm telling him happy fucking birthday. I'm wasting my breath. Well, happy birthday, Matt, and fuck you for not listening to this show. May you may you find many uh, secretive penises and testicles this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm you pulling, fucking freak. I'm pulling for you, buddy. Not the way he's pulling for himself. Oh god. Uh, women- Let's just say his laptop looks like Spider Man tried to save it from falling out of the window. <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> women kiss erotically in several base firemen. <laughs> women kiss erotically in several scenes in this movie. Two of the female lead characters have a continuous back and forth sexual tension throughout the movie. Is this that, uh, I think it's called Wild Things? Is this the movie? Because I haven't seen that, if this is what it is. No. Oh, you fucker. I think I know what this is. Uh, is, is this Cruel Intentions 2? <laughs> no. Oh, you should have gone. Oh, I should have gone with that, yeah. Uh, a man bites a woman's erect nipple twice, then licks and sucks them in clear view of the camera. Oh, my God. I don't know what the fuck this could be. Uh, all right. Here, I'll give you. I'll give you one of the, the... short circuit two. <laughs> what does he say? Um, lardals, right? Ten thousand lardals. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what he says. Get derf. <laughs> derf. Um. Okay, I'll read you one of the ones. One of the violence and gore ones that should give it away. Uh, a woman is deliberately pushed down a flight of stairs and sustains multiple injuries re- requiring hospitalization. Is this a movie we just saw this week for um, uh, for dumpster diving? Close. <laughs> oh, is this this is this is the original Showgirls then? Huh. Yes. I don't remember the switch. Oh, you know that's right. She doesn't have a switchblade. Here's one of the. <laughs> so... I don't remember the nip biting though. Yeah, uh, I've only seen this movie once a long time ago, so I don't remember a lot about it. But but they're uh, under violence and gore. Uh, it says rape scene in parentheses. And then this is what follows on IMDb. A woman meets a famous man that she greatly admires. We see them smiling and kissing. And then the man invites the woman to his room for sex. She is clearly into him at this point, so she accepts. But when she gets to the room, she finds herself trapped in the room by two thugs who entered behind the couple. She asks her new acquaintance what is going on, and he replies that, quote, it's a party. Her face falls as she realizes what he means, and she attempts to run away. But the thugs grab her while the famous man slaps her across the face, then punches her in the nose when she rebounds from the slap. 
Then they throw her down onto the bed and roughly pull her dress up and her panties down. We see her bared buttocks. One of the thugs is shirtless by this point. We hear but do not see him unzip his pants, and then he proceeds to rape the woman violently while the other two hold her down as she struggles and screams. As the woman is bleeding from her nose and crying, one of the two men holding her down licks her face crudely while the third man looks on in delight. We later see her stumble out of the hallway, leading into the famous man's room, nose bleeding, eyes blackened, and blood and other material smeared down her inner thighs. She collapses and is later seen unconscious in a hospital room. I think that's more graphic than the movie. Yes. That is... Like, I mean, it, it, it is pretty graphic, though. It's, it's, very, it's very unnecessary, the entire thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But who the fuck? Who... Just like painstakingly, it's not badly written either. It's decently written, but who like fucking painstakingly wrote this out? Right. Oh, it's horrifying. Yeah, it's a mess. Uh, much like the movie that we saw for Dumpster Dive. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I did you? Yes. Yeah, I watched this. Yes. <laughs> yes. We will definitely get. We will definitely get into it. Uh, if you if you want to. Uh, like we said last week, if you want to to follow along with with our dumpster diving, check out uh, Showgirls Two and <laughs> Pennies from Heaven. I believe the uh, yes subtitle. That's the subtitle. That's correct. Because right. her name is Penny Slot. That's the twist part. Oh my god. Um, would you mind just uh, if I take like a two minute break? I see the grab something real quick. Yeah, no problem. Cool, be right back. Yep. Okay, let's see. Do I want to edit this break out, or do I want to just fill time by talking while Mike's gone? Let's let's try to fill some time and see, you know, what we can do. You know, there's other also in this uh, IMDb thing uh, under profanity. It says. Uh, in one scene, one of the strip dancers' kids, a girl around eight or nine-ish, and a boy around five or six-ish, visit her backstage to wish her luck. And when they start talking so much, another strip dancer notices the kids and says the F word in front of them, which shocked the kids. And then she says it again and makes the daughter cry. And their mother, one of the strip dancers, hugs her and comforts her and also walks her the kids out. This may be sad and possibly make parents cautious of their kids being around when swearing. What? Why? Like, this movie is not for children. <laughs> this is not, all of this is unnecessary. You don't need to warn parents about this movie because anyone that cares enough about what their kids are seeing to look it up the parents guide on IMDb already knows not to take their kids to this movie or not allow their kids to see this movie. And anyone that's allowing their kids to see this movie is such a moron. They probably don't even know how to work a, a, a computer. It's this whole thing is ridiculous. I think, I think the only reason somebody put this parents guide on here with all this detail is for the game that Mike and I do. They they got wind that we were watching uh, the sequel to Striptease, and they decided that what they were going to showgirls do, or showgirls, <laughs> and they what they decided what uh, what they were going to do was 
uh, make an IMDb guide. Because, Mike, Mike, don't you agree? Anyone that cares enough to look up Parents Guide knows not to show this movie to their kids. You would think so. Uh, all right. So you, I, you just didn't want to edit, so you just kept talking, huh? Well, I, I, I said to the people, uh, maybe, or maybe they won't hear this, uh, I'm not sure if I feel like editing this out or if I want to just fill time while, uh, while he's Fair here. enough. So, uh, so Fair I have enough. options now. I, I could leave it in if I want, or I can just edit it out. When I go back to listen to it, I'll see how it sounds. Very good. All right. So I'm ready for whatever you got for me. Which is well, how, which is how uh, and, uh, show we ahead of Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I have two. I have the parents guide, and then I have a brand new game we're trying out tonight. All right. Gay or dead? Yeah, I'm very excited about this. I have as long as a list of names for gay or dead as I'd like, but uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. All right, All right here's my parents guide game, and this is a uh, interesting. Uh, I th- I'm going to tell you the rating, um, just because the way it's described is very odd. Mm. Uh, rated PG-13 for macabre humor. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Just macabre humor. Hmm. Stand by me. No. All right. One of the characters asked himself what he was thinking when he was with another character, like they were uh, engaged, and then a third character says, physical pleasure. Hmm. Uh, saving Silverman. No. All right. There are references to one of the characters, uh, an adult man being a virgin. Oh, an adult man is a virgin. Uh, the 40 year old virgin? Oh, no. Okay. In order to make one person say that he doesn't want to see his family, another person acts sensual and sexy, showing some cleavage. Saying that he doesn't want to see his family? What the fuck? Um, hmm. Uh, is it that one with fucking Jason Sudeikis and and Jennifer Aniston in an RV? I'm not sure what that is, but no. Okay. A teen boy and a teen girl kissed briefly. Hmm. Is it one of the vacation movies? Nope. All right. Three of the characters bury a live cat. Very dark for humor and might offend animal lovers. Yeah, might offend animal lovers, <laughs> depending on who you're talking about. Uh, having pets offend some quote unquote animal lovers. Yeah. Uh, so, so they've, did you say they buried a live cat? Live cat. Okay. Well, it's PG 13. So, I mean, that eliminates some movies for sure. Uh, cause like I know it's not Pet Cemetery because that's an R rated movie. Uh, and it's on Gummo, which has some cat drownings in it. Yeah. Burying a live cat. Like, first of all, why? Um, oh, is it um, uh, the butterfly effect? No. All right. A woman is about to electrocute a family, and wouldn't you know it, ends up electrocuting yourself. <laughs> I added the wouldn't you know it because it just seemed funny. <laughs> She's trying to electrocute a family. What the fuck is this? Um, uh, um, electrocuting a family. Huh. I'm going to say uh, 
broadcast news? <laughs> no. Two of the characters, uh, they're probably around like 12 or so, try multiple times to kill a baby in violent ways. Holy shit. Okay. Uh, they're trying to kill a baby. Fuck. Is this... Wait a second. I have a question. Is this is this an animated okay. movie? It's not animated, no. Holy shit. Um fuck. Trying to kill a Oh, Baby's Day Out. No. Profanity. A girl says damn. <laughs> That's not quite as bad as trying to kill a baby. <laughs> oh my god. A girl says damn. Um can't be that. Uh, fuck. I don't know. It? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not it. No, oh, I think I lost you. Definitely going to have to edit this. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I, uh, I, I didn't have to talk to uh, pu- push the talk button. Oh, okay. Well, good. Then it's just. Oh, uh, this one. I'm going to give you two because one of them just sounds funny the way it's phrased. It's a, a girl is drinking whiskeys. Just whiskeys. I don't know. <laughs> and then the other part of that is a character smokes a cigar at camp. He also gives one to his son and lights it. The son is only seen putting his cigar towards his mouth. Dun-dun-dun. Uh-huh. Dun-dun-dun. Hmm. At camp. Um, hmm. Well, it's not meatballs. Um, uh, heavyweights? No, though, LOL. All right, this one, if this one doesn't give it to you, I'm just going to have to tell you what it is. All right. Oh, it didn't give it to me. Sorry. Oh, there you go. I didn't know. <laughs> One of the characters and other kids ruin a stage play by setting it on fire and burning people at the stake, though it is not What the fuck? It's possible you haven't seen this, but I assume you have. Okay. Uh, burning people at the stake and setting... And, 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 and the theme of the play is Thanksgiving. I'll add that. Hmm. Well, it's not Storm of the Century. Um, is it? Uh, is it some Children of the Corn movie? No, it's Adam's Family Values. Oh, I haven't actually seen that. I've seen the. F- oh, okay. I've seen the first one. I haven't seen the second one. I see that would explain it because you definitely would remember the. That might be. I think this is the first time I've named a movie you haven't seen. Yeah, I usually see a lot of movies. Yeah, so uh, you lost, I guess. Mm-hmm. I've lost because I haven't seen Adam's Family Values, which I hear from a lot of people that I should see because it's better than the first uh, Adam's Family movie. Yeah, I guess, but I mean, that's not really saying a lot. True. I mean, it's not a terrible movie. It's just like, eh, it's a kid's movie. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, now I hope you're excited because I'm excited to play our next game. I am. Uh, the next game uh, originated because my wife uh, mentioned a celebrity to me, and I couldn't remember if the character was gay or dead. <laughs> sometimes, uh, sometimes you hear something about a celebrity, and you're not sure. You're like, oh, I can't remember. Are they gay or are they dead? Right. So uh, that's what this game's for. I, I have a very small list, but I'll get a much better list next time. Okay. Mark, are you ready to play? I am ready to play gay or dead. The guy who played Boner on Growing Pains. Ah, uh, okay. The guy who played Boner on Growing Pains. I feel like I, I see. This is this is the quintessential one because for me anyway, it might be for, for you. <laughs> yes, for me, it's clear cut. Because I I know I've heard something about him, but exactly, it, but it could be either of those things. Um. I am going to guess that he's still alive and gay. Killed himself a few years ago. Oh, no. DJ Qualls, the star of Road Trip. Poor Boner. Oh, DJ Qualls, I know is still alive because my wife and I watch uh, Good Girls and he was. uh... Oh, wait. No, he, he wasn't on Good Girls. He was on Breaking Bad. So I guess very briefly, yes. So I guess he that could, was that was over ten years ago. So I guess he could be dead, but I'm gonna guess that he's gay. He's big time gay. Oh, good for you, DJ Qualls. I'm gonna throw you a couple softballs here, Siegfried. <laughs> well, Siegfried was mauled. Was he the one that was mauled? But he's but he's still he is the one who was mauled. He's still alive either way. So gay. Roy. Uh... Here's the okay. So like, <laughs> let me ask you a question. What if the what if you, what if you ask me one where they're both gay and dead? <laughs> then call it like you see it. Uh, I'm gonna say that Roy is gay though. Very much. Although I don't think it's official. Uh, and, and speaking to your point, Liberace. Well, Liberace is gay and dead. <laughs> um, are you familiar with the movie Half Baked? Yes. Uh, Guillermo Diaz, the guy who plays uh, mm-hmm. the the guy whose yeah. name I forget. Yeah, you're cool. You're cool. Fuck you. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, huh. I'm gonna say tragically dead. I'm tragically gay. <laughs> Paul Lynn. <laughs> well, Paul Lynn was definitely gay, and I believe Paul Lynn is dead. He's gay, dead, and anti-Semitic for the trifecta. Yep. <laughs> All right. The last one we have for today, I think it's another good one. Maybe I'm wrong. Brad Renfro. Do you know who Brad Renfro is? I clearly don't because I mispronounced his name first. Yeah, Brad Renfro was in uh, A Time. At to- Pupil. Yeah, and A Time to Kill. and uh, Yeah. Uh, I believe he hanged himself. So He's dead. I know that. Yep, dead as a doordale. Yeah, I don't think he went the way. I don't know if he was gay, though. No, I don't. I don't yeah, well, I don't know. But definitely dead. Jonathan Brandis from Sequest. I think Jonathan Brandis is also dead. And he also hanged himself. Wow. What are these guys doing, these 90s uh, kid stars? It's almost, the guy from... it's almost as if uh, there was a uh, pedophile ring in Hollywood, uh, may, you know, uh, traumatizing kids and uh, making them kill themselves. The guy who played Jet Jackson. Oh, the famous Jet Jackson. I think he's a Maori, I think. I think he's related to the Sister Sisters. 
Um, oh, Maori. I thought you meant like, I thought you meant Maori. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't think so, but I don't think I have a lot to comment on that. <laughs> yes, he is. And, and no, you're not, you're not correct on that. That's a smart guy. He's a New Zealander. Um, oh, okay. So if it's not him, then I don't know. Uh, I've only heard the, the, you know, the, the name of the show, the famous Jet Jackson. Uh, but I'll guess that he is gay. He is dead. He hanged himself too. Oh no! <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing at the fact that he, that three young uh, actors have hanged themselves. But uh, David Carradine. Oh, David Carradine uh, was uh, a self lover, <laughs> but uh, just like just like Gilbert Gottfried, he tightened his belt and came. Uh, he's dead. <laughs> yes, very good. <laughs> Yep, very good. I don't know what your score was, but I know I had fun, and I hope you all did too. Oh, very good. Gay or dead? Yep. Great game. We should do some more of those, uh, for sure. I've got, uh, I've got, some, I've got. I, I'll, I'll try to think of something I could, I could try to stump you with. That's fair. Uh, I could say, let's see. I don't know. No, we'll figure it out. Um, but anyway. Uh, on to uh, something vaguely related to Hollywood so that we can... <laughs> yeah, I think we forgot a topic this week. So that we can claim that we are still a movie show. Um, or, oh, know. the big the big news. My uh, my wife, I think, tagged us both on Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. The Kids in the Hall are coming out with a limited uh, series yep. on Amazon Prime. Yep. Uh, just another reason I'm glad that I have Amazon Prime. Uh, all, hail, all hail Jeff Bezos. <laughs> right, but uh, even though his uh, girlfriend's brother uh, has a picture of his cock, yeah, apparently. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'm super excited. Uh, I think, you know, yeah, there. Were... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think, I think it does. Like sketch comedy shows, a lot of times, at least, well, their type of humor it doesn't matter. The amount of time that passed, it doesn't matter. And I think there's definitely more in the tank when it comes to the kids in the hall. Uh, yeah. So I'm very excited about it. Yeah, a few months ago they were on Twitter asking like if anybody like what they liked, you know, what they do comedically. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I said, you know, I just think whatever you do, I'll watch because you know they're hilarious. But I do look like sketches. I like to see their modern, you know, takes on like society and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I imagine that was related. Like they're probably like pitching a project to that point or something. Because I mean, I'm sure. Uh, Mark, I think he's probably doing pretty well, like financially, right now because he's on that Superstore show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I think a lot of them are doing various things. I mean, uh, Dave Foley was in uh, Blast from the Past, so you know, I'm sure he's still making Blast from the Past. <laughs> what? That was like 20 years ago. I'm sure he's still that, that, he's still getting royalties from that. It's like being in a Star Wars movie or something. That's that's what people knew who Brendan Fraser was. <laughs> And Alicia Silverstone. That's true. And Christopher Walken. Well, Christopher Walken. Obviously, he's too busy playing like Angel of Death and something. So, right. The Angel of Death. That's also like Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life, helping you out. You know. Right. Oh God. That is kind of like It's a Wonderful Life because it's you know, I mean, it's not what the world would be like if he wasn't there, but it's like, hey, this is the world. What's what it's like because you never fucking take time for your family, you piece of shit. Yeah, you're right. That wouldn't that have been easier instead of taking him through that entire thing? If Christopher Walken was just like, "Look, I'm the Angel of Death. Here, I'll show you my power. 
Uh, I can appear and disappear at random for some reason. And uh, you don't spend enough time with your family, you piece of shit. I'm gonna fucking kill you if you don't uh, if you don't spend time with your family. Yeah, even in works of fiction, there's no internal logic to religious uh, belief. No. <laughs> exactly. I mean, what what the fuck? Just tell someone. Don't you know? I mean, not at any point in this movie does someone is like, "Hey, spend more time with your family." You know, it's, it takes a uh, an angel of death that works at Bed Bath and Beyond to really uh, tell you all about it through the the device of a magical remote control. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just, just 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 tell them what you want them to know. That's all. Uh, and then if he and then if he's like, "Oh, you're wrong, Christopher Walken," maybe then you have the uh, whatever the fuck. You, I mean, I'm happy that I saw uh, what's her name, the vampire lady. She was nice to look at for a couple hours. Kate Beckinsale, oh, oh, Kate, Kate Beckinsale yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that part was nice, but the rest of the movie was a fucking mess. Yeah, but I mean, I could just watch Bedazzled if I want to, uh, if I want to see, uh, well, going back to Burning Brennan Fraser again, I guess, huh? Yeah. Yeah, Bedazzled is a very good movie. Like, it's, it I don't know why that, I mean, maybe it was when uh, Brennan Fraser was like falling off the face of the earth. Maybe that's why, but I mean, Elizabeth Hurley, uh, another uh, mm-hmm. person I can look at for hours, um, she's in that, uh, you know, Brendan Fraser is pretty funny for Brendan Fraser, you know? Yep. I mean, for Brendan Fraser level, it's like at a 9 or 10. Yeah. He was, I don't know if he was ever... For the star of Monkey Bone, <laughs> right. 9 or 10. I don't know if he was ever super, super famous, but he he made a lot of money from those uh Monkey, Encino Monkey Man movies, era, right? probably. I, yeah. Yeah. And Rachel Weiss, how's, how's she doing? Yeah. Um, no, uh, he was wasn't he? In, he was pretty famous from Encino Man, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would and School Ties and and that. Uh, yeah, he, he kind of did a uh, a Ben Affleck thing on a much less successful uh, level, where he did like a commercial movie, like you know Encino Man. Then he did like School Ties, which is like from the previews, uh, it looks like it's a harrowing depiction of a, a young man who's Jewish at a uh, you know anti-Semitic uh, boarding school in the fifties. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, and then monkey mode. Right, exactly. Yeah, he did kind of do that thing. Uh, and then he did Gods and Monsters, where he's, uh, you know, speaking of gay and dead, uh, the director James Whale, who did Frankenstein. Yep. He's like like assistant. I heard that. I heard good things. Yeah, I, I think he's a really good actor. Uh, he just he just makes some really weird choices. I mean, he's I mean, he's been in some. Uh, I mean, Airheads. I like that movie. He's in that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of Encino Man. Um, I, I don't. I, I don't mean to, you know, edge your grind or whatever the fuck it is. So hardcore. Um, <laughs> my wife loves that movie. Um, he's in that, obviously, and I think that was a big movie at the time. Yeah, for sure. He played the Encino Man. Correct. Well, who? Else? It was him and Paulie Shore, and like, wasn't there like a third like guy? Sean. Was Astin. Third? It was Sean Astin. Oh, was it? Sean Astin is so under the... He was also in Click. Yeah, going back Sean to... Sean Astin just, like, fucking flies perfectly under radar level. Like, he's in everything. I mean, the, the guy was in fucking uh, Lord of the Rings, and he's still not super famous. Yeah. it's it, it, How can you be a character actor and, like, just be in all the shit he's been in? Yeah, it's really weird. But, you know... It's, I mean, he's in Rudy, but, I mean, that's... Um, aside from that, he's just, like, you know, a very capable actor who's not super famous. Yeah. It took I me, imagine the average person could identify him. It took me forever to realize that he was John Aston's son, uh, who was Gomez uh, Adams. Oh, the Adams family. The yeah. Adams family. We planned this all out, by the way. Exactly. Stream of consciousness uh, plan. We're like fucking William Faulkner. <laughs> all right. We don't have the uh, 
well, you know. Right. We don't have uh, the, the tale told by an idiot. I told, or do we? I told them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, oh, speaking I'm, of... I'm sorry, Mark. You told that what? Speaking of... Speaking of the N-word, um, my daughter, my 14-year-old... Oh, Lord. My 14-year-old daughter showed me this video. Uh, it's fairly old at this point. I think it's about seven years old. But... Um, it's a video on YouTube called Rapping for Jesus. Have you ever seen it? Surprisingly, I have not. It's you should you should check it out. It's pretty funny, but uh the uh it's this you know, this old pastor or whatever. Um I think it's uh fake. You know, I I, I, I prefer hip young pastors. I don't think it's real, but he's uh He's basically saying, like, uh, you know, oh, you know, I, I heard that, you know, to get to the youth, you have to rap and, and everything. And he's like, um, uh, at one point he says, my crew is big and it's getting even bigger. That's because oh, no. Jesus Christ is my. <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 pretty humorous, though. Uh, so you can you can check that out, everyone, if you want to. Uh, it's got like 59 million uh views so not like we're doing them any favors but um yeah. i know most of your uh, religious experiences like with catholicism so you might not be aware of this phenomenon but are you aware of the uh the hip young pastor uh thing they have going uh is that like where they've got like a acoustic guitar and stuff like that and they're like let me just yeah yeah it's like it's like oh the new pastor look at him he's, he's like 22 years old and he's got a wife he's been married to for like three years and you know they're super positive and like he has like a streak of blue in his hair so he's a fucking rebel Right, he he turns he turns his uh, chair around backwards and uh, you know straddles it. Let me ravage you about the Lord. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but I guess they don't have that in your religion because well, they have something else. Well, yes, yeah, they have. Uh, uh, they wanted they went a different direction. Yeah, they have rapists. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think, uh, hippie rape? No, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I. Uh, I don't just for everyone's knowledge out there. I guess I don't. Uh, I don't attend Catholic Church anymore. So uh, that was something that my parents forced me to do. Ever since he stopped getting that special attention. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I remember when uh, I had to fill in for the pastor, um, you know, for uh, confession, uh, and somebody uh, somebody asked, uh, "What does the pastor give for uh, you know swearing, or what does the pastor give for blowjobs?" And uh, one of the other altar boys said M&M's. Oh, my. <laughs> you had to film for the pastor? That's a fucking Herculean task. Yeah, exactly. Had to sit there and listen to people confess their sins and then say, do five Hail Marys and, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, flog do you, yourself. Do you think people tell all the good stuff or is it just like, oh, I, uh, I had it. I'm if your thoughts, you know. Well, from my uh, memory of going... When to, you filled in for the pastor. Yeah. Well, I mean, my, from my memory of actually going to confession, uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't confess everything. Yeah, I can't imagine people would be like, oh, yeah, I uh, finger uh, fucked my uh, neighbor the other day when my <laughs> wife was out at the uh, grocery store. <laughs> when, you, when you feel inclined to just make stuff up, though? Sometimes, yeah, for just sure. Just to get a rise out of them? Right. I kind of want to do that now. I kind of just want to go find the nearest Catholic church and do that. Throw a rock. Uh, I'll t- I don't know. I, I'll t- I haven't seen many around. Not Catholic churches. I think they're fucking going down like the Titanic. 
going down like uh like a yeah, catholic priest Titanic. there you go <laughs> um but speaking of uh the titanic uh it was a huge hit and i predict that this kids in the hall reboot will be a huge hit too <laughs> I, I hope so i mean i feel that they don't really get their due i mean even beyond that dumb bullshit Rolling Stone list, I mean, they were what? Weren't they like six? I mean, I know they were behind Key and Peele, which is mm. insane. Yeah. But even that, I mean, I can't think of a show, a sketch comedy show that's funnier than The Kids in the Hall. And it's consistently funny or, like we said, at least consistently interesting. Yeah, for sure. They're never they're never phoning it in, I don't think. No, no. And that's what makes me think that this will be this will be high quality because they're going to put everything into it. They're not the kind of people that would just do it just to do it. No, when they did their live uh, tour a few years ago, they had a couple original sketches in there that were funny. I mean, I think some of them had the same, like, you know, characters, like uh, Simon Hecubus. I think it was, like, new material. It was. I really enjoyed it. It was pretty funny. That's awesome. Yeah, I uh, I can't wait to see it and, and see what they do with it. And, you know, maybe they listen to the show. And if so, uh, fucking tweet about us. Help us get as successful as you are. <laughs> that's what I want from celebrities now. Just help in getting more successful. There you go. Oh. Well, we're going to get Brad Rinfro, the guy who played Boner to help. <laughs> oh, Boner is dead, right? You said he's dead. He's not gay. Killed himself. He might have been gay. I don't know. I, I guess technically he could have also been gay. That one. Do you know? Do you know he has a famous father as well? The famous father. He had a famous father. He, he did. Yeah, I only found this out when he died, okay. because his famous father was pleading to, you know, for him to be found. Uh-huh. His last name is Koenig. Walter Koenig. Yeah, that's his father. <laughs> Walter Koenig from Star Trek is Boner's father. What the fuck? And one of the most fucked up things about the whole thing was uh, when he was missing his uh, his former co-star, uh, Mike uh, Seaver himself, Kirk Cameron. Yeah, he like he like. Put out an ad. He goes. I know. Uh, back we had a lot of fun back. Okay, it was so clear he did not keep up with them at all. Oh my he's god! Like, he's Mike and Boner were good friends. <laughs> Which I'm surprised you said Boner. Uh, we had we had a lot of fun with uh, with growing pains. But you know it's not. We had a lot fun. of fun judging people. But you know it's not fun killing yourselves because now Boner's going straight to hell. Yeah, he probably would have said that. Have fun, uh, uh, fucking Chekhov from Star Trek. See, I think Chekhov from Star Trek is still alive. Yeah, he is Walter Koenig. That's Chekhov, Chekhov from Star Trek. I feel that it's easier to say Chekhov from Star Trek than Walter Koenig. Apparently straight and also not... Well, he has, he has butter. Also not Russian <laughs> uh, because uh, I think he's... I think he's just, I think he's just American. He might be English, though. I don't remember. Ugh. <laughs> Why do people think English accents sound? I, I mean, outside of the correlation with, like, you know, intelligentsia and stuff, if you just listen to a British person, they just sound dumb as fuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, like, either, like, they either sound like the smartest person in the world, or it's like, oh, all right, isn't it? <laughs> No, even like their so-called like posh accents, it sounds like a ghost squeezes himself into a human's body, and like they can't quite form the word, so it has some weird like effect to it. Oh, Ricky Gervais, I hope you listen to this. Make us as famous as you, Rick, 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 Ricky Gervais. Not dead. No. That's all I have to say. Yeah, he's not dead. 
at all. Neither Stephen Merchant. Both very much alive. Yep. Well, Stephen Merchant, uh, for sure, is not dead. Yeah. Some some they some people say they they live for each other. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Uh, anyway, so um, yeah, I guess the other thing we can talk about real quick is uh, Better Call Saul. Yep, a new episode of Better Call Saul. Yeah, episode two. Uh, we're filming this or, or recording it, I guess, since there's no film. No. Uh, we're recording this Sunday when the, the new episode comes out. So uh, we'll be talking about the, the... It comes out on Monday. Or whatever. Whatever. We'll be talking about the episode before the one you just watched. Yes. Episode two, I think it is, or three. Technically three. No, the, the one we just watched was three. Because remember they had one, then two, like in oh, night yeah. tonight. Yeah, that's right. But so uh, yeah. Saul uh, is becoming more uh, entrenched with, um, you know, with Lalo and and Nacho. It makes uh, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, his, um, you know, his introduction in Breaking Bad, where where he's like, oh no, you know, he's like, it was Ignacio, and, and uh, you know, he's then he's like, no, no, Lalo didn't send you, no Lalo. Right. Yeah, yeah. The last uh, last episode ended with uh, Saul walking down the street with an ice cream cone like a fucking child. Yeah, exactly. And he and he drops it when he's accosted by Nacho and his. Uh, is that Crazy Eight? No, that's not Crazy Eight. Crazy's in jail. It's um, one of Nacho and. Yeah, it's one of the the associates. But I can't remember his name. Yeah, Nacho and another guy. So they, uh, you know, they act as if they're like like kidnapping or something. But they take him to Lalo, and Lalo basically wants to hire him to. You know, act as a go between between them and Crazy Eight. Yeah, yeah. He wants to he wants to uh, get Gus in trouble, basically, or, or fuck with Gus's organization. Um, and so he's gonna have Crazy Eight uh, confess to you know. Oh, I know where the drops are and everything. Uh, but it's um, you know, it's Gus's drops. It's not their drops. Yeah, and then uh, Sal. Saul is terrified uh, because, you know, the organization he's familiar with, they're just bad people. But he uh, he basically uh, makes it worth his while because I can I'd have to charge seven thousand dollars and like seven thousand six hundred dollars to do this. Because mm-hmm. hey, let's make it even eight thousand. He just got, you know, that money is nothing to them. So he just hands him like eight thousand dollars. So he, he, on, the, on the good side, he's he made like a hell of a payday. But on the bad side, he's more, becoming more entangled with the uh, Salamanca organization. Yeah, exactly. A place he doesn't really want to be. I mean, at least he's he's really only dabbling in like you know the Breaking Bad you know parts of his personality at this point. I mean, he's you know, he's more of a con man than he, at best. He's really never you know dealt with like full on murder or anything like that. At least not directly or willingly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so he's but it's definitely it's an it's for sure an evolution and a lot longer. And slower burn of an evolution than Walt's evolution was, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah, because Walt basically episode one he starts becoming a criminal, and he's Saul's really only getting into it now. Like now he just doesn't care. He's got his law license back, and he's been like conning people for about a year or so. So he's really ready to combine the two and just explode. Yep, exactly. So we'll we'll start to see, you know, uh, the the guy that has no problem uh, dealing with. Uh, with meth dealers and wanting to be in on it, like wanting to, uh, to get some money, uh, from that. And, uh, you know, uh, his loan out and all that other stuff, the, the laser tag place. 
Yeah, they I, I, they have to mention that at some point, don't they? I mean, he loves that. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, another one of our <laughs> excuse me, our characters, Mike. Uh, we see him a little bit more get into uh, you know he's kind of sliding into a depression. We don't see a lot of Mike this week. No, no, not not a lot. But he uh, he gets mad at his daughter, which is the or, I mean his granddaughter, which is the first time yeah. that we've seen that ever. I think that was the last episode, wasn't it? At the end. Oh, was that the end of the last episode? Yeah, and this one he just kind of like drinks a lot. Like, and, and he even goes to like a bar and he like he, he trades his car keys for another whiskey, but then he starts screaming at the bartender to pull down this picture. And uh, I didn't actually know the significance of this. It's a picture of the uh, Sydney uh, Opera House, but I, I looked it up. Do you know? Do you know what the significance? Of- um, I think it was. Well, let me think. Um, Sydney Opera House was designed by a German, I think, right? Yeah, in uh, last season, when uh, the guy he kills, whose name I forget, uh, he he told Mike, you know, when they were becoming friends, that his father uh, either designed or helped build the Sydney Opera House. So that, you know, obviously triggered Mike, which I didn't pick up, but I just saw, like, I get random, like, articles sent to my Google feed about Breaking Bad Mm -hmm. or Better Call Saul. Yeah, I didn't remember what it was, but uh, Carol and I were watching it, and I can't remember what she said, but I think she was, like... She said something, and I was like, no, I think it's significant for um, Werner. Uh, I think that was the guy's name, Werner. Um, yeah, I think you're right, yeah. I was like, I think, because I think that's the bar that they were at uh, in that one that one episode where he... he yeah, I'm not sure you could be right on that, yeah. But yeah, so I... But, but I, I didn't remember the conversation about the Sydney Opera House, so that, yeah, that... Uh, it might not be the same bar, then. It might just be like... Uh, because you know that that triggered him, but I, I remember them talking uh, in the the one bar, and I thought that it had something to do with that. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's clearly you know, Mike. We we know ultimately Mike is fine with it, but he's definitely struggling. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is that so? All these characters, you know, break bad in their you know their their own way. Whether um. You know, it's well, Kim is on the. We're still on the fence about Kim. Yeah, that's true. I, I I don't mean necessarily like every character in the show, but like you know, like most of the the main focus characters, so like Walt and um and Saul, and then uh, Mike, um, you know, obviously does as well. But they're all in in different ways, uh, and they all have different philosophies and different attitudes and everything. And Mike is the one that seems to be, like you said, struggling the most with it. Um. Everyone else is kind of like gradually, but I, I, but he's also, he was also shoved into it a lot more, I think. I mean, he, in a lot of ways he sought it out, but you know, he didn't want to have to kill somebody and you know, he had to, to murder this guy that he didn't want to, to murder basically. So, I mean, that's a, that's a. Yeah. But even, but even he realized it was necessary. He took it upon himself. I don't think Gus expressly told him to shoot the guy, but he, I mean, the guy just kept fucking up. Yeah. He clearly didn't respect the rules and order of the system. And Mike, in a, even though it's not a traditional, you know, system, you know, it's not law enforcement. I mean, I guess that's not fair because Mike uh, was corrupt when he was a law enforcement officer. But right. he, he, he brings order to the uh, system of, you know, Gus's criminal input. Yeah, he definitely, Mike has a... Like he, a he has a code. In, yes. He has a code, whether... I, they don't really specifically go too far into the corruption he was involved in. I mean, I don't know exactly what it was. Probably just taking money. I don't know. But he does have a sense of justice mm-hmm. and, you know, honoring the rules and bringing order to chaos. Yeah, absolutely. And that's definitely, 
a big part of his character. And so far, he can't be bought by money either. I mean, like Gus offers just pay him money to be around, like on retainer as a salary for the uh, company that he did security for last season. But you know, he just he's basically like without saying "fuck you" to Gus because he's not completely insane. He's like "fuck you," like yeah. as as much as you can. Yeah, exactly. And our other uh, our other big third, uh, um, a lot of people are. I really like the character of um, Kim. Kim yeah. is a very interesting character. Um, I, I like, uh, you know, and, and she's she's very excited because she has an entire day that's just her pro bono work. Uh, her work for Mesa Verde, you know, is very successful. She's she's expanded them quite a bit, as we saw in last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but now she's trying to, you know, do stuff that she really wants to do instead of, like, she was a struggling young lawyer. That's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. So she just wants to, you know, kind of like enrich her spirit in this sense. So she has a whole day worth of cases that are pro bono. She's looking forward to it, and she's at it. And all of a sudden, this lawyer from Mesa Verde shows up. and like, we really need you to do this. It's important, you know. So she's really pissed about this. She ignores him at first. And then she gets a call from yet another higher up at uh, Mesa Verde who – in. in Without saying it, he basically says you have to do this or you're done with Mesa Verde. Yeah, exactly. And it's something that pretty much anybody could do because what it turns out is they're going to build a call center uh, someplace. And this one guy um, who is a famous character actor, but I can't remember who he, who it is. Um, but he uh, he's on he's got a house there. And he's supposed to have the land and he has a a hundred year uh, lease or whatever on the land. Um, But uh, yeah, but at the same time, there was a stipulation that he could be bought out for a certain fee at any time. And uh, Mesa Verde is invoking it. They've already moved everybody else out of the neighborhood. But this is one guy who said he built this house with with his bare hands like 20 years ago or Mm -hmm. something like that. So it's like his like ancestral home or anything like that. Right. But I mean, I I, believe me, that I understand that people, you know, have a place they live and they don't want to move. I mean, let's look at the Middle East. That's basically the entire situation there. Right. Um, but yeah, so he wants to move and like, you know, they have a team of lawyers, but, you know, uh, only they can't do it. So they, they go to Kim, who if you're looking for a bulldog, I, I wouldn't really look at Kim. But I, I mean, at the same time, she does have like she definitely has a backbone when it comes to, you know, the, the law because she loves the law. Mm-hmm. I mean, she loves the justice of it. She loves the order of it. Um, unlike Saul, who just sees it as like a means to an end, she thinks it should be withheld regardless. And in fact, that's what she says to him. She goes, "You signed a contract. You said you would do this. Be a man of your word and leave the property." Guy's not taking that. He basically tells her to fuck off. And then she comes in, and again, this is something I saw online. I can't take any credit for this, but she just like unloads on him. And basically, it's kind of like her unloading her feelings that she has towards Saul that she hasn't been able to express. Mm-hmm. Throughout this whole season, and even last week, she has these little micro. Like you can tell, she's not happy with what he's doing, but she's not gonna. She doesn't think it's her place to tell him to do that. She feels that he should know this. You know, he should know that you're a lawyer. Don't, you know, scam people. I mean, don't make up things. Don't switch the numbers on an address to drive your brother insane, you know. I mean, she, 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 I don't know. Does she love him? She lives with him. They, they get along. I don't know that they're, they don't really seem very romantic towards each other. Yeah. They, they're, they have more of like a, like a, friendship like a you know like a, some kind yeah, of yeah. close friendship or something like that uh than anything that like really approaches love it seems like and you might have pointed this out when we talked about it last week it seems like she likes you know the how he can bring out the fun loving side of her personality because she's always you know so serious most of the time but when she wants to get serious, he can't, she can make that transition. He can't, 
and that I think that's a big part of uh, of the you know the conflict between the two of yeah, them. Yeah, for for her it's like a vacation, but Saul lives in this space entirely. Like she thinks it's like fun, like oh let's you know let's let's con them out of a bottle of wine or something like that. You know, it's kind of mostly harmless. Yeah, and I think in the episode where they did it was like a, like this douchebag they basically ripped off, so she couldn't feel too bad about that, but. Yeah, exactly. But Saul, that's that he 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 would rather scam than do things legit. I mean, he's tried the legit way. He was rejected from that world in his mind. So now he's going to get back at the whole world for not treating our way by just you know, oh, the, everything's a scam. You know, I need to scam everyone. That's what I do. Yep, exactly. And uh, we, of course, would uh, would be yelled at if uh, anyone uh, were to you know listen to this for this content and we missed this but uh this is a, a return of hank and uh gomez oh yes yeah I, when you so you see him walking from behind and immediately i knew it was hank um oh yeah. and, and the other thing too i pointed this out to carol how brilliant this is um you know we learn in breaking bad that uh crazy eight is uh, a confidential informant like Hank mentions yep, yep. that he's a confidential informant. And it's like one of those things where it's like, they couldn't have planned this, but it's right. Right. But it's like, it's a brilliant way to bring, um, you know, to bring Hank in because, you know, it's like, it's kind of a fan servicey thing. Like people want to see, uh, you know, Hank and everything, but it's a brilliant way to bring him in. Uh, because it makes perfect sense that this is, yeah. this is how he became his confidential informant. Yeah, and I like the character of Hank and Gomez is all. I mean, I don't think uh, you know the guy who plays Gomez, Michael, something gets enough fanfare because you know Hank, everyone. But I mean, he's a great actor too. He's a fun he character. Yep. I like their back and forth they have between each other. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a nice way because um, they uh, this is this. See, I think this might actually um, this might be uh, something incorrect. This kind of fucks up the timeline because uh, Sal. Saul represents uh, Crazy Eight, but I think later, like uh, Hank, like doesn't know him. You know, in Breaking Bad, I think he meets him for the first time at one point. I watched the episode, and I I think it actually just lines up because I watched the episode uh, or one of the episodes, the episode where they first meet. Uh, it's the one where Badger gets um, gets arrested. It's called. It's called Better Call Saul, the name of the episode. Okay, yeah, it's probably like his first appearance, too. He, yeah, and he he comes in, he talks to Badger, you know, and everything. Um, he, you know, Saul walks out and everything. He's talking to Francesca on his little Bluetooth thing uh, about his pills and everything. He turns around and he sees Hank and he sees Gomi, um, and, he wa- and, and then DJ Qualls, and he walks over and says... Um, oh, DJ Qualls, who is gay, by the way, and still alive. Not dead. <laughs> um, he he walks over and says, um, uh, hey, I sense you're talking about my client, the Fed. You know, what would the feds want to do with uh, this guy? So he knows that Hank's a Fed already, implying that he kind of, you know, has... I- I, I would disagree because the type of charge, he would probably know about the type of charge, and he should know if it's a federal or a local thing. Well, he says, but but he says, so what happens is... I he, mean, I, and to be fair, he would be meeting them at the federal building. Well, no, he's, they're at, they're at the, um, they're at the, uh... The, oh, are they at the regular? Yeah, they're at the regular thing because DJ Qualls works for the Albuquerque Police Department. Oh, yeah, that's one, right, you're right. He's the one that made the arrest, and, um... That's I, not the only team he's working for. Right. But he found, I guess he found the blue, I can't remember exactly, but I think he found the blue meth and they called, 
you know, like Hank had an alert, like anytime the blue meth got. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. To get called. So like he comes over now to be fair, they are wearing their shields around their neck. So he could have known just from their shields that they were. Yeah. And he probably recognizes most of the Albuquerque PB. Yeah. You would think so. Um, but he, uh, but so when Hank says, like he says something, he says something to Hank and he's like, you know, what can you tell me or whatever? And Hank says, you know, I can tell you your commercials, you know, suck or or whatever. Um, he never like, so it's, it's ambiguous enough, I guess is what I'm saying. It does. It does play like they're meeting each other for the first time, but no one explicitly says, you know, we don't know each other, you know? So like, and and we, and we know that the, the writers would, would, wouldn't make it, you know, if it were explicit, that was the first time, you know, then they wouldn't have tied them in because they, they, this show cares about you know continuity. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Just real, yeah. just real quick. The uh, the guy that plays um, uh, the one that won't get off his his land. Uh, I just looked him up. It's uh, it's Barry Corbin. He was on um, uh, Northern Exposure. The Barry Corbin show. <laughs> Northern oh, Northern Exposure. So that's where I recognize him from. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I like this episode. I thought it was good. Um, it's setting up a lot of stuff, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still, uh, this show is notoriously f- slow to get started, I think, but I'm not upset by that. I like the atmospheric stuff. Uh, yeah. The character development is top notch. I like seeing Kim, you know, kind of. She's, you know, she's really the only one who's, re- her and Mike are the only ones who are really on the fence. I mean, Saul at this point is just leaned into the the evil side i mean mm-hmm. taking the name saul alone is just an indication that he's like yeah, i don't i'm not jimmy mcgillian yeah exactly he's rejecting everything that you know jimmy mcgill stands for everything when he was jimmy mcgill he was trying to be as good as chuck he was trying to live up to chuck he was trying to uh to make chuck proud of him he was trying to do things the right way uh you know he didn't always do it he slipped up because you know his his nature you know, caught up with him and everything, but he was trying at least to do things the right way. And once, uh, you know, once he shed that persona and became Saul, it's clear he's, he's all in to, you know, fuck doing things the legit way. Uh, fuck, you know, trying to be a lawyer like Chuck was a lawyer. I'm going to be me basically. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be the person he always was. So we see him, you know, as a young child, you know, not, not a young child, but, you know, a teenager. Chuck's jealous because Jimmy doesn't do things the right way, but, you know, everyone loves him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's the person he's going to become. Exactly. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I mean, the problem with this show is there's too many good characters. I mean, yes. you can't squeeze into an episode. I mean, I want to see more of Gus. I think they're kind of using Gus as more. I mean, Gus, they've never really, aside from the episode where, uh, you know, he was almost uh, killed when he was making the deal with the drug organization mm-hmm. in Mexico first yep. aside from that we haven't really gone deep into gus episode i'd like to see that i, I love the actor giancarlo he's he's fantastic uh the character is one of the most menacing yet i mean i think i, I don't hate gus gus has uh, has rules and if you follow the rules he's he, he won't do anything to you mm-hmm. i mean he does his vengeance against the salamanca family and the rest of the cartel with good reason as we've seen in breaking bad so yeah. i love how he takes this this act of revenge he just it's so long i mean he's i mean they don't even they don't even see it coming when he finally gets his revenge of breaking bad that's how slowly slow plays uh for you poker fans like mark and his brother exactly. he, his vengeance it's just it's just the sweetest revenge because it's ice cold by the time he's serves it up oh yeah and and, and for those and of you, some- for those of you playing at home uh 
uh, Gus Fring, gay and dead. Yeah, that's not the shittiest thing. He takes this long, long revenge, and then some fuck up just blows up his wheel, blows him up. Seriously, the more like, I, the like more he, he's whispering. This is the apex of his plan. The more I see of you know, like the more Breaking Bad went on, and the more I see of Better Call Saul, the more I take Mike's point of view, where it's like, fuck Walter, you're just a fucking asshole. <laughs> And he's a fuck up. Like he fucks everything up, and like he's like he says like, "Oh, I I I was good at it. I liked it, or whatever." You weren't fucking good at it. You destroyed everything. He was good at making meth. He was not. He should have just done the deal where he just took like the two or three billion a month from Gus and and been satisfied with that. I mean, that's more yep. money than he needs. I mean, but he wants to be like he said he wants to be Coca Cola. Well, you need better managers for Coca Cola. You can't just have some guy who was a uh, chemistry teacher six months ago. Uh, yep create like the world's largest drug empire exactly oh fuck it's like when he's whispering to say he's like oh by the way hector i killed your family i mm-hmm. you know i killed all your friends you're the last one dead you left your 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 nephews uh, i i manipulated hank into killing them mm-hmm. everybody is uh dead and it's all because of you and i got my revenge and then oh wait you're killing me like hector wins in that one thanks a lot walt yeah seriously fuck Oh man, Better Call Saul is so fucking good. Yeah, it's a really good show. Oh, you know what? Oh, real quick before we go. Uh speaking of Gus, I don't know if you've heard this story or not, but this is so crazy to me. So, uh Giancarlo Esposito, like you like you pointed out, uh had been a uh a guest star like, you know, like character actor on a lot of TV shows during his career. Uh he was called in to do one episode of breaking bad and the only direction about his character that he was given uh was nice man who sells chicken so giancarlo esposito decided i'm gonna play this like this guy's got a secret and that's how i'm gonna play it because he wanted to try to get called back onto the show so that's how he played it uh vince gilligan and the other producers and stuff liked what they saw and they were like hey you know come back for another couple episodes uh, the same time, the guy that was playing Tuco uh, was supposed to be like the big bad, uh, you know, like the big bad force uh, for, you know, a couple seasons. Um, but that that actor had uh, previous engagements and he had to bow out of the show. So they're trying to figure out what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to like what villain are we going to replace this with? And they, you know, they turned to Gus and they were like, hey, let's start setting some stuff up. You know, we, we'll bring this guy back for another couple episodes. Let's start setting some stuff up and see kind of where it goes. So that's what they started to do. And then uh, they went to Giancarlo Esposito and they were like, hey, um, you know, we want you to, uh, you know, to like have a more prominent role. So, you know, we'll, we'll um, you know, bring you back. We'll pay you, you know, like a pretty good amount of money. We'll pay you this money. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll sign a contract for like... Um, as a guest star on uh, the next season. And he goes, no, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. And so they come back and they're like, okay, well, we'll give you more money and you can be like, you know, uh, we'll bill you here or whatever. And he's like, no, I don't want to do it. And he, he was sick of guest starring on shows. And so they finally, they were like, well, what do you want? And he was like, I want to be of the main cast. I want to, I don't want to be a guest star. I want to be 
build as main cast and I want to be part of the main cast of the show. I don't want to be a guest star anymore. So they finally, you know, they'd set this stuff up. So he kind of had all the cards and they were like, okay. So, you know, they did it. And that's how he got on the show though. But they originally, they had not planned on making Gus this long arc. It just like all these pieces fell into place. Well, good for him because he is one of the best villains on any TV show ever. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, good for the writers to be to be that malleable and that able to to take what they've got and and you know build something great. And good for him and and good for him having the confidence in himself and his career to be like you know I don't care if this is more money than you know I usually get paid for. Or whatever you know i want to be part of fucking something so i want yeah, to be, I, mean, I want to be part of the cast he'd been acting for a long time at that point he yeah. was in um oh, what the hell? he was he's in uh an 80 he's in trading places or coming to america i think it's coming to america oh, when they're in jail yes he's like this he's like this the skinny yeah that's him that's uh, i mean so he'd been kicking around acting for at least 20 years at that point so oh, yeah, yeah he Definitely was in the right place at the right time, but a lot of that obviously was his talent and uh, ability as an actor because yeah. he I, he's my favorite character on the show. Him and Mike, I like those two the best. Yep, me too. And Breaking Bad as well. And I like Saul. I don't, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I like Saul better on Breaking Bad than Better Call Saul because he's just comic relief really on uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely for the true. most part. Not, not near the end, obviously. He's like he's like no, no. I mean, and and yeah, we as we discussed, he's definitely uh, involved in. At the very least, indirectly in some kind of murders at some point. Yeah. So he's not a great guy. But I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I, I feel that in Better Call Saul, this sounds weird, but the show is the star. Does that make sense? Yeah, like the way the show's no. put together, like the entire show itself, I mean, you couldn't take a piece out and not have it be as good of a show, that's for sure. I mean, it's just all, the, it's almost like you expect great acting to be in any Vince Gilligan show. I mean, that's just like a given. We're just like spoiled. Yeah, absolutely. So great acting. You don't even notice it. No, I, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I think the, I don't want to call it a formula necessarily, but necessarily, but I think, yeah, I think the way the show's put together, and I think the the, the it's, action it's of the greater story, than, even though the this the sum of its parts is excellent, top notch, mm-hmm. the best TV. I, every person on the show should win an award. That's how good the acting is. Yeah. But even in spite of that, it's still greater than some of its parts. That's mm-hmm. just, I mean, there's so much going on in the show and. It's just so perfectly put together. It's it's just like it's it's. I mean, people who I, I would never have thought of myself to say that a TV show is a piece of art, but this is art. This is what we're watching. We're watching brilliance, just shooting all over the screen. Absolutely. Speaking of shooting all over the screen, um, we uh, we would be remiss if we didn't make a uh, another. <laughs> another uh, David. What the fuck is his name? God damn it. Carradine? Yeah, David Carradine joke before we uh we left for for the day. Oh fuck, I fucked that joke up. Um but anyway. Yeah. Uh so that is the show. Uh why don't you go to Twitter uh at Massive Late Fee? Why don't you write to us massivelatefee at gmail.com? Uh I'll get some letters next week. There's some letters in the hopper that we can read and we're you know running short on time now, but I will uh I'll cue some of those up for next week and read some of your, your, you know, you guys took the time. We appreciate it to, to write to us and I'll start doing that more consistently on a weekly basis. Uh, but anyway, I like the letters except for that piece of shit, Brandon, but, whatever. <laughs> but until, uh, until next time we will uh, talk to you later. Bye. I bet if Brandon was on a 
Better Call Saul would be a complete piece of shit. <laughs> Do you think Brandon is still alive? Just, I'm assuming so. Just saying. I hope so. I mean, I dislike him, but I don't wish him ill. Uh, all right. Probably watching fucking Star Wars, but I mean, what can you do? <laughs> uh, well, you guys should review The Mandalorian. It's got a baby Yoda. <laughs> I did watch The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, I think we did review that. Or you did, at least. Yeah, I think I talked about it. I don't know. I kind of tuned out during that part. Sorry. Giancarlo Esposito's in The Mandalorian. <laughs> That's interesting. I, I like I like Pedro Pascal too. They should do something other than that together. <laughs> I think you'd like The Mandalorian because it's very low on Star Wars. It's more more of a western. Yeah, I I don't I, I just like Star Wars enough to that it would distract me. I think I'm sure you're right, but I I, I have no interest. And plus, I don't want to get Disney Plus. Yeah, that's true. I'll give you my uh, password off. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll talk.